Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to different creative people about how they do their thing, how they keep it going, what keeps them fired up and hanging in through all the ups and downs of it. And today I have a great guest. She is the writer, director, star, editor. She does it all of a feature film called A Spy Movie. Her name is Stephanie Koenig, and she is the visionary of this movie that just came out on YouTube a few weeks ago. It's a spy parody. It's so funny. I will never look at, uh, you know, something like Mission Impossible the same again. Um, She co-stars in it with her friend Brian Jordan Alvarez, and I had him on the podcast a number of years ago when he did a web series called The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo. And Stephanie is the co-star of that. And that's when I sort of fell in love with both of them and their brand of comedy. So I've been keeping an eye on them ever since. I saw a spy movie come out on YouTube. I laughed my head off. I reached out to Stephanie on Instagram and we made this happen. So it's a great lesson in do it yourself. Just make the stuff happen. And I love talking to her about all that stuff. But before we get to the interview, I want to get a plug in from my website, DennisHensley.com. You could go there. You could see different things I'm up to. You could sign up for my my newsletter that comes out once a month. You can donate to my virtual tip jar. Uh, you can also learn about You Don't Know My Life, the party game I created. I've been hosting virtual game nights. We've been doing a ton of corporate team building events. So if you're working remotely with a team and you want to do something fun, hit us up at YouDon'tKnowMyLife.com. I host it just like a game show. It's a ton of fun. It'll bring you closer together. And it'll be like a little bit of warm and fuzzy with all the laughs. So... That's enough for the plugs. Uh, Here is the interview with Stephanie Koenig. Joining me now via Zoom is the director, writer, star, editor of a spy movie. It's Stephanie Koenig. Welcome. Hi. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. I think I first saw you in The Gay and Wondrous Life of Caleb Gallo, um, the web series that I fell in love with. And I actually got to interview Brian Jordan Alvarez, your co-star, when that when that was out and I've been kind of following you guys online ever since and you're kind of your little repertory group of people and you're so funny together. You're so fresh. The edits, we can get into it, but um, you, <laughs> now have, you now have your probably to my mind, your biggest longest, it's a feature film that you guys have made. Yeah. For me, like this is like the first big thing that I'm like, I I'm doing it all. I'm writing and directing it, editing it, like telling everybody where to go, what to do. And it, it was a lot. But. It was a lot. What <laughs> I thought was super fun about it is I think when people do things with their friends and probably don't have a ton of money, they think, well, what kind of movie we can do? Let's do one where everyone's sitting around a table. You're like, no, let's do a big budget action movie. We're going to exactly. do Born Identity. We're going to do Fast <laughs> and the Furious. Right? We're going to fly a car to the moon, like Fast <laughs> and the Furious 9. Yeah. It's I've heard happened. that they did And that. that's what I thought was so delightful about it. What, what made you think, okay, let's do a spy movie? I, oh, God. I mean, I... I do, I don't feel particularly inspired about because uh, I knew I wanted to make um, a film and I had started writing another film in apartments, you know, okay. And I was so uninspired. Like the script is so, I was like, kill me. This sucks. I, right. Like I was, you know, and even in that, I was like, I needed to feel like big budget. Like it has to, we have to have a school. It has, there has to be teacher, you know, or some, something that gives it like uh, just, just be, like talking between apartments. I just can't 
I just can't get inspired by that. <clears throat> and, and nor I, I was like, Oh my God, I can't make anything like, uh, you know, close to like how Ka- Caleb Gallo is just talking in apartments and it's fantastic. It's like so interesting and it like keeps you, I just don't know how he did that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. We were like sitting, um, I go to Marina Del Rey a lot and I was also writing this apart- apartment movie and I, I was sitting with Brian, uh, like near the water, uh, Chris Riggy, my fiance, which I'll probably mention him a ton. Cause he, I would not have made that movie without him. Um, we were all just sitting and someone made a joke about like, uh, Brian putting on glasses and getting information in glasses. And I was just like, Mm, mm, mm. like a spy like getting like you know how they like right. put, you know and uh and then I just like the whole movie like exploded in my brain and I was like oh my god I'm gonna make a spy movie I'm gonna make a spy movie and everyone was like what like you're insane yeah you can't do that you need apartment you just need apartments and people and iPhones <laughs> you can't make a spy I, phone a spy everybody movie. was like you're insane I mean I remember I had just made stupid idiots which actually is in apartments I don't know if you've seen Stupid Idiots. Yeah, I've seen, I, I don't know if I've seen all of it, but I've seen parts of it. You guys are hilarious together. Thank you. And, uh, and I'm so, I love it. So I'm a big liar. I'm such a hypocrite because that's in apartments and I was really inspired by that. But, um, but sometimes I, you feel like, okay, I've done that. I want something different. Yeah. I want to I make fun of something different too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I am such um, action spy movie buff. So it makes perfect sense that this would be like the first the first one out the gate like it was so easy like I feel like anyone could come to me with like uh like I'm like just write the biggest action thing you can think about or like the the highest concept thing and my brain can help you make it for cheap for some reason I don't know that's a superpower that you have what I love is that like if you put the right font over something and it says you know (laughs) A mountaintop in Slovenia or something. <laughs> exactly. And it's Marina Del Rey. We go. We're with there. It. We're it's there. Spy font. We're there. Exactly. And what I thought was really funny about it is your character spout a lot of jargon. And you know, and we're gonna go through this air duct and then you're gonna come out here and we're gonna bring the salt the small facts. And it's the same shit they say in Fast and the Furious. It's the same. Down they just the have plan. a lot more money. Yeah, exactly. So it sort of underscores how ridiculous a lot of that stuff is, especially the expositional parts and the plot and the we don't care of it all. Oh my God. I didn't even lay that in thick enough. The like (laughs) the planning, like I realized that every action movie, they're like, we're going to tell you the plan so many times before we get there. I'm going to tell you who this person is and why we need to get something from them to solve this mission to save the world. So that you're not confused at all for like the laymen out there who are like, but basically, <laughs> I mean, most people, I will say when I'm watching like, like intricate movies like that, they're like, wait, so what are they doing? So what? And so it's like, yeah, you just have to spell So maybe it. they need it. The test yeah. screening said, you know what? They didn't get it the first three times, exactly. but it's going to affect the way I watch spy movies in the future because it sort of underscores the ridiculousness of some stuff that we just accept because it's Vin Diesel or, you know, we just go with the scale. Yeah. Um, Like we're down for the adventure. When you decide, okay, we're going to do a spy movie. I'm sure a lot of stuff is from memory and like cliches we've all seen, but do you go back and look at spy movies? Do you, is there a reference that you're like, Oh, let's see what these do and see what we want to make fun of. Um, Yeah, I think I, uh, well, I had, I have, 
I was in a kick where I was watching Mission Impossible Fallout like over and over and over. I love the Mission Impossible movies. They are so Christopher McQuarrie is like the the writer director of those recent I ones. I love and it's, like, them. Blows my mind. I'm yeah. I so I think it's it's kind of based. I like stole a lot from Mission Impossible two and then like Fallout and just was like from what I remembered from those two yeah. movies. And then Chris Riggy, um, when I was like writing it, he's kind of an encyclopedia of every movie ever to have ever existed. It's insane. Like if I play a two second clip for him of any movie, he'll be like, wait, uh, like, and he's not looking at it. He's just listening. He can get it. It's, it's shocking. So that I'd be like, what's like the, what's the trope where like, like I need two, I need like two separate groups to go off during this bomb thing like so you need to be over here fixing some bomb thing and, and we need to be with evelina fixing something He'd be like oh like have her have like a a, a detonator like a, a trigger so like if she like releases it everything's gonna blow and i'm like thank you so like, he was like my, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> okay but you remind um, me a bit of rebecca ferguson in the mission impossible movies when at the beginning when you and um <laughs> yeah. when you don't know if you're going to be partners yet and you're trying to kind of seduce him and like the hair and the the way it's shot i'm like oh that is pure rebecca ferguson who I'm i adore obsessed with her. I love well they had rebecca to bring her back every time because she was such a crowd pleaser of course of course and my favorite thing now to do when I see an action movie, my friend and I have this running joke where there's always somebody that just types really fast. Type, type, <laughs> type, type, type. So whenever they start typing, I just type in my seat like I'm helping. <laughs> because it's like, can you can you get that door open? Oh, yes. Da, 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 da. And they type fast. It's just... And it's, <laughs> it's all... And it, yeah. <laughs> no one can just see like what we're their hands. Like, their hands yeah. it just, it's so ridiculous and so fun. Well, what's so ridiculous as well, you know, and it, they do this a lot in the fallout movies. It's like, Oh, so he's hacked the entire building and the world and each building, he knows the schematics of each building and can like knows where Ethan is running. Yeah. And it's like, what? They're just hacking into what, what's the main frame of a building? I don't, I don't think most buildings you can even get in there re- remotely or <laughs> from the internet. Right. And I really enjoy the tension when you know that really smart, rich, successful, talented people are trying to mine these tropes and get away with it. Like every time James Bond is stuck with the villain tied up or somewhere, like they never kill him. They just tie him and put him in a thing. And yes, that has to happen every single time. And they have to own it. And, and you, you want, you it. actually want it as the audience member. You're like, don't kill him. Talk, do this yep. thing where you guys kind of a dance. We want to see it. <laughs> We've got to have it every time. And you could see Daniel Craig trying to make it fresh and like, yeah. I'm going to do it. I can get, I can maybe do one more of these things. You guys have a great scene where you're tied to chairs and you, I don't know how many movies where everyone's been tied to chairs and how do you get out? <laughs> and you're like, well, I just untie, I used my one hand to untie it. Like, just so many cliches that I'll never see the same way. How we had to you... drive to the desert for like four and a half hours to do that, to do that scene. Where were you? You're out in the desert tied to chairs together. Uh, it was the Mojave Desert. It was wow. Chris, That's commitment. me, Brian, and my best friend, Emma, who was like our PA that day, just running around helping us out. But yeah, it was, uh, it's so quiet in the desert. It was like so quiet that it was loud, but our mics were, I was like, wow, our sound is good here. This is good. Right. There's no leap blowers. 
There's nobody yeah. that you have to go pay off and say, can you please turn that off? Here's $20. Oh my God. The amount of times that I've wanted to shout at Leaf Floors. Actually today, I was like trying to take a nap midday, which is really rare for me. And I was like, look at me. And these leaf blowers, like on schedule, were like, ho, 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 ho. It's like, just leave it on. Just leave it on. Leave the blower on. And I can kind of get used to it as like a white noise. <laughs> It'll be my white noise. Whenever I go to a really rich neighborhood and there's, gar- there's leaf blowers, I think, you know what? No matter how rich you are, you've got leaf blower noise. You know what? Maybe it's not worth that house in the Pacific Palisades. Yeah, it's not. It's not. That's how I tell myself that I'm fine in my condo in the Valley. How much of your movies are improvised? Because they have a a very loose feel. You could tell that you guys are are kind of um, vibing off each other. How how scripted? What are your scripts like? Um, I mean, it's very scripted. Uh, Shockingly enough. I just make them do... um, you know, like two takes that they're doing as the lines. And a lot of them will like paraphrase the lines because some of them won't remember them. Uh, bless their souls. But, um, and then we'll do like the third take. Just, I'm like, just uh, take the story wherever you want. Not the story, obviously, because the story is pretty set, but like, you know, say whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And then I, the people in the movie, or I mean, like you're, we're talking about like, Brian, who like is so, I don't know if you've ever seen him on stage, but he's just, yeah, he's a genius. He's so funny. And Edgar Blackman too. And Ken, I mean, like it is like a, and Chris Kleckner, it, uh, you could just let them talk for hours and it would be interesting, but yeah. you know, you had to, so like the writing of it is like, yeah. So I try to like, I write a very specific script and there's some things that I really specifically try to get them to say, like exactly like, no, no, no. Like it's like, it's like this, it's like this. Um, but then, then I just let them, yeah, say whatever. And then in the editing, like that's where I definitely rewrite the crap out of it. Like, yeah. it, cause you know, they'll like improv something. And I'm like, God, I love that moment. And then I'll take something from like, like, I'll use a lot of footage from when we were rolling, but the scene hadn't start started yet, you know, or we were like talking or like someone was like reacting to something, you know, like, or. I, right, I just that shot will go with that ad lib if we use that mm-hmm. reaction shot. Exactly. Um, how would you describe the story? Like, if you were going to write a TV guide blurb, it's I'm like so five movies. Like stuff. you've seen it a million times. Go yeah. right. Um, let's see. I'm so bad at that stuff. I mean, like, because it's like, how would I describe the actual story, or how would I describe to somebody who's about to watch it what they're in for? Sure. You know, like, so yeah. I. I think I'd say if it was the story, I'd be like, oh, uh, 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 an agent, Jack Johnson, like, is coming up against an evil villain, Evelina, played by the same two, to the same guy. Right. Uh, and see, I'm so bad at this. I hate doing that shit. Well, no, like, the, I, the, I'll use somebody point. else's thing. That's Probably the like, point. I, I think that I don't think the Fast and the Furious people could do it either because it's just the it's Somebody just it. what it is. It's like, it's like big budget spy action movie. <laughs> he gets a new partner. They're reluctant to be together. Then they have to save the world together. <laughs> That's what's so fun about group. it. Yeah. Um, you have some stunts though. You like fight and stuff like that. God, did yeah. You, did you plan it much or heavy? It, heavy. You can't planning. improvise that stuff, right? <laughs> no. You can't. No, I love, so I'm a, I used to be a dancer, like competitive dancer. So 
Oh, I love a competitive dancer. I used to be a cruise ship dancer. Uh, no, which, really? Which could be competitive if you, <laughs> it depends on the with ship. With the rest of the people on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. With the other what, what kind? Like tap? No, we would do like <laughs> review shows, like music theater, jazz, different, oh. you know, kind of like a 50s review or we would do 42nd Street or whatever it was. So there was some tapping wow. involved. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of up my alley. I used to do that stuff too. It was um, so fun. But if you can dance, you can definitely fight choreo for yeah. sure. And I've seen enough, like, uh, I'm obsessed with the Atomic Blonde fight choreography. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's insane. Is that Charlize Theron? Yes. Yeah, she's, she's no joke. It's yeah. good. That, whoever the, I don't know what the name of the stunt coordinator is for that, but I'm pretty, I was blown away. But yeah, so I was like, oh, I can do this. I can just figure it out. So yeah, yeah I like, what was really great Um so Brian and Chris Riggi, they play like, uh, Chris Riggi plays like the bad guy, the mumbling man guy yeah, uh, who comes up in the beginning. And we, yeah, we had like two rehearsals before we got up to, that was actually the last uh, scene we shot. Uh, and then, uh, and then for the other fight scenes, I hired like actual fighters. Um, yeah. Like Aramis uh, is the guy that I fight in like the bathroom with the, the, bathroom attendant there yeah and he's like he can do like flips it sucks because we were in a bathroom so he couldn't really do any of that cool stuff but he was able to like pick up the fight choreography so fast right um you know so we had like I think one rehearsal with him and then I would film it and send it so that they could like work on it but the fighters that came to one my favorite scene in the whole movie maybe not my favorite because there's many but definitely top three was when I'm fighting the the two guys in the alley there's a um, dancer behind you that's just dancing yes, yes. <laughs> I mean like, that, that guy I think he's just a dancer <laughs> the fuetes in the back and I grew up dancing with him he was like this little kid that I grew up dancing with and he was one of the best dancers in our studio and like we always just like have him he always did like fuetes in the background of every dance we were in Got like the whole dance and we were just like dancing around him he's like yeah his, his fuerte turns are no joke but there's like no three joke. of them and two of them are like obviously fighting and then you're like wait he just looks like he's dancing i know i love that scene so much because it's written exactly like that and yeah. i was so worried that because it's exactly my humor so not, not that i was too worried that it would but people reading it were like what I don't know. Like, it's so hard to read and be like, is this going to be funny? Like this guy's dancing in the background. Like, this is so weird. Um, but it turned out so well. And those two fighters, like Kieran and Dallas, Dallas is in, um, uh, Dallas Lou is in pen 15, which is one of my favorite shows Yeah, through a friend. He, and that was during, um, uh, like the summer after COVID hit. And he luckily was like, oh, I'm not busy. I can come. He's like a, like a national champion martial arts fighter. Um, so he's like, yeah, I'll come and like play. It's like, okay. And they came like right before we shot. And I was like, so we got to choreograph this thing. Cause I didn't want to bug them because they have, they're so right. They're just, I just like did not want to like waste their time at all. Cause they were coming for free to like do this thing. So, uh, I, we choreographed it like on the spot and because they're so like high level it took we were just like oh how about this 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 and then they and they did those flips and it was like okay we are pros this is awesome it was just really impressive yeah, yeah. it turned out cool because you can't 
be too loosey goosey with that stuff because it's physical and there's you know oh so you, God, no. yeah and we were so, going really fast like I'm gonna pat myself on the back but they were like you're going real fast like this is are, do you feel comfortable and I'm like yeah no I love let's go faster let's go faster and they're like yeah we can take yeah. it and they're like punch us punch us punch us like they were like wanting me to like kick them and stuff and so yeah. like, God, it was so cool but I will say like you know when you're like writing all that stuff and you're casting it in this where you have like no help and it's just hoping that people will show up for a favor it is very stressful because that could if they weren't if I didn't find fighters like that that were that you know viscerally like good and like they could do those flips and stuff I don't think it would have hit as hard yeah you and Brian Jordan Alvarez, as I mentioned before, have a great chemistry together. You're funny together. You create together. Where did you first meet? I love, everyone always asks us this. I love it so much. Um, we met, I love him so much. Uh, <clears throat> we met, we were both cast at, I think, 25 years old. We were cast in a UC Santa Barbara student film <laughs> together. We were like, okay. Were you living we were like, in LA at the time? Yes. Okay. I had like just moved to LA um, and he had just graduated from USC, I think. Right. And not just, maybe it was like four years after. And uh, we met, we were like the adults on a student film, like the right. hired adults. Um, right. So it was, I'm so grateful for that experience because it brought us together, but it was like a low, we were at sure. the bottom of the totem pole. But then we- met and we were like cracking each other up and actually it was really kind of special because like all of the students were like whoa this is kind of cool this magic like everyone's like what is this you know right and uh and we were like what is this vibe I mean we just making each other laugh so hard was it comedy yeah it was partly a comedy I don't think they were expecting it to be like that it was like maybe a dark comedy um but they were like allowing us to like riff and stuff. And we like had just met. So we were like, I don't know, just really amped up to have somebody else be as funny as one another. It was like, wow, he is like as funny as I think people can be. So it was, I remember like driving home that night and being like, yes, yes. Cause I like met some, like, you know, you like moved to a new city too. And you le- like, I left like everybody in like Michigan and New York. I was there for like two years and wasn't sure if I, you know, you have to like find your people. So when right. you like find your people, you're like, my God, my God, you're like need another family while you're away from your family, you know? And you, and you knew by the end of the day, like, Oh, this is a keeper. Yeah. And we worked really hard to make sure to, to, to stay friends. Like, we tried to do like a project together that failed and we didn't um, uh, do anything with it, but it was like a nice, like it was like some drama <laughs> where yeah. we used to date. Like he was my ex. I mean, Brian always says like, no, if we would have finished it, it would have been good. And I'm like, I don't know. I think I was still, uh, <laughs> I don't think I would have been that good in it, but, um, but yeah. So when, and then we, and then he's like, did like CBS diversity showcase and like, right. was like, started making sketches on YouTube and then a couple of them that I did with him like blew up. And then he had this like big viral one where it was like when gay guys see other gay guys and the straight people aren't around like that one, like big viral. I remember it. Yeah. That was big. That like helped the, his, um, 
uh, YouTube really pick pick up, pick up, pick up, yeah, pick. attracted more followers and all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think when people see your stuff, they think, "Look at them! They're fucking making it happen. They're doing it themselves, and it's great." And I'm so inspired by it. And you know, it looks like they're having fun, and maybe it's opening doors. All of this stuff. So from the outside, that's what I see. What's awesome about the way you you guys are doing that, and what's like? oh, you don't know about this hard part or whatever. Like, what's it like to be doing what you're doing? Because I think it's inspiring to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, well, I feel like a construction worker, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> like, yeah. it feels like it's not, like, I, I'm assuming this will all really pay off and it'll feel like a glamorous construction worker eventually. But right now I feel like a, like in the, like doing actual hard labor, like when you when you make something like this, you're getting like, it really was for the most part, like Chris and I hauling gear everywhere, all the lights, all the, like the camera gear and the props and making the props and the costumes and making sure it was just, it's, it's a lot of mental work and it's a lot of physical work Right. when, especially like, because I don't feel comfortable. Like we had all these, um, fans, thank God, like reach out to help out. Um, you know, and so sometimes we would have like, uh, production assistants like show up like one or maybe two and I'd be just we wouldn't make them come to the house lug all the stuff and then they would just meet us at the location because I didn't want them to do too much hard free work I like wanted it to be fun for them right you know but obviously they were amazing because they actually wanted to do the hard work once they were there like they're like let's go let's go let's like like do like give me some light to carry um, but, uh, but yeah, it's hard and, but also I, it's, it's very fun. And I, I, I wrote this movie and like, I was meeting a bunch of people at the time because I had sold, uh, the web series that I made stupid idiots. And so I had a lot of like feature film meetings after that. Yeah. And it was tricky. Cause I was like, well, I have this one movie that I want to make but I know you you aren't going to make it and I know I can't make it with and I would just be candid like I think I have to make it by myself to prove that what I'm doing is like a working model but you know like I feel like people would over know what if I like sent you the script and you hadn't seen the movie you'd be like how is this how is this going to work out or like it almost reads like stupid because right. it is, it is like, it I'm is, like, no, no, this is dumb. This is that's dumb. What it, it sort of makes the point that these movies that we all love so much, they're really dumb. Yeah. But we, don't, we won't admit it, but that's what your movie kind of lays bare in a really delightful way. And it also like to, to just give one more thing to like, not uninspire people who want to do it themselves. Yes, it's hard work, but I will say like, I grew up making videos with my friends in basements. So it does feel like I'm 12. And, and Brian and I m- mentioned this a lot. We're like, we are now actually adults, but we kind of, in the, we're in these adult bodies, but we're still children, ab- like making the dumbest thing we could possibly make. You know, we're like being spies on a bench being like, hey, you know, it's yeah. like, we just felt like uh, it's nice to be in that like child play self and, and make that. And so the, the, the work and the stress of it doesn't overshadow the fun and the play and correct. the silliness of it. And maybe down the road, it will, maybe you'll be like, you know what? I can't do it anymore. 
Well, right this, that is the last one. I will say, <laughs> I, I have to like, I have to do a studio movie. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. Because yeah. at some point I'm like, I feel like I, I, I mean, maybe I'm going to do it again if I don't get like, but I do like, I think it would be such a great, you look at that movie and it's like, you really think you can like, if you see that movie, you don't think that I can make the next genre of horror movie like parodies? Like, what are you talking about? Of course I could do it. I don't know. You know, it's like, so it's, it just feels like it's a nice like resume to like, come on, I can, I can clearly make something, make people laugh. So (laughs) give me money. money. And sustain a feature length in a genre that is appealing to people that's true mm-hmm. right you know so i think it's a great calling card for you did you guys have any entity behind you doing it or was it all independent all you guys oh oh yeah no it was like me and chris and my my budget for sure i remember when i interviewed brian for caleb gallo and he said oh yeah we all had iphones in our pockets recording the sound and he, all these little tricks that like boost your production value that are like yes easy and cheap and free and we did that for spy too yeah and you yeah. know and you don't the sound quality is is good you know yeah yeah um yeah i i figured out that you weren't in czechoslovakia or whatever that maybe you were in the place in the valley kind of by my house <laughs> that was part of the fun of it um yeah you, as an actor you 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 were in the flight attendant not that long ago and, and this show the offer what yeah. is it like to go from do it yourself to like these HBO Max sets. Is it like a culture right. shock? Or are you like, you know what? This is the same thing. It's just a little more pricey. What is it like to kind of go back and forth between those worlds? Um, well, it feels, it does feel like the same thing. And that's one of the things that I would say as a benefit from doing all of this yourself is that it makes that less daunting. You're doing so much less work when you're on a set like that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, wait, I don't I'm, have to lift I don't the light. break anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even, you're bringing the prop to me while I'm in this chair. You've done my makeup and now I just have to make it sounds with my voice. Like yeah, that I'm is, not, I'm not having to pass around an El Pollo Loco menu or anything like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I know. I'm like, wait, oh, oh, I'm not feeding him. You guys got him. My ex is here. Okay, good. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's just fun. It's fun to, um, it's funny. Cause whenever, whenever I'm on those sets, I always do feel the need to be like, yeah, I'm making this movie. I'm making this. And I have to like, shut myself up because I like identify with it. I'm like, I swear I'm more than just whatever actor. This, right. I don't even know why, but but it is nice to have those jobs because those jobs paid for spy movie. Yeah. No, fantastic. And there's a a one I saw on your, on your IMDb, the offer, but it hasn't come out yet. It's coming out April 28th on Paramount plus. It's going to be so cool. Um, What's What's it about? It's about the making of the Godfather movie. Oh my God. So cool. So, Basically, when they were making it, it's about Al Ruddy, who's the producer of The Godfather, and just all of his, all the stuff that he had to go through to get it on its feet and, and get it shot. Because um, the, the book had come out, The Godfather, and basically the Italian mob, like Joe Colombo, um, ha- hated what that made them look like. So they really tried to shut down the movie getting made. Like, so they were really like heavily um, threatening and uh, making the movie almost impossible to make for him. And then he kind of like in a very mob mafia Don kind of way, like met with them and was like, 
you can read the script. You could, I like, please back off. You can read the script. And so they like, didn't read it. Uh, at least this is what's, you know, maybe I'm giving away way too much, <laughs> but you, this is all like public knowledge. Like I, I watched a documentary on this, yeah. but, but they basically like, you know, were then involved in like the making of it. And then it, so it's that side. And then there's like the Hollywood side of how hard it is to make a movie. Yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's I'm, cool. I mean, it's, I'm interested. What kind of part do you play? So I'm the casting director of it. Perfect. And she is like, uh, uh, she wears, I I think the coolest outfits in the show because she is like very um, bright and florally and like almost still in the sixties. And like, they cut my hair to this big, like, like Bob type sixties look. And I had like twiggy eyes and really bright makeup and. Ooh, I can't <laughs> wait to watch this. I am. I, really I love, uh, Hollywood making of stuff, but then having yeah. the mafia part of it. Um, I'm going to be into it. Um, okay. just making these projects on your own, does it affect the kind of roles you get offered? Does somebody ever go, I saw you in this, I loved your thing online, come in and read for this part. How do they affect each other? Oh my God. It, it's everything. I don't think I'd be working as much. Like I was getting like little guest stars and stuff. Um, <clears throat> uh, before I was making like sketches and, and these little web series not little, but you know, the web series that we made with Caleb Gallon and stupid idiots. But after that happened, like for, I can just like track how I got the offer in my mind is that my, I just worked, um, uh, this, she's actually like one of my best friends now, but, um, Jen Cram was a casting director for a while. And then she wrote and directed this movie, sick girl, um, starring Nina Dobrev and they were casting it and she had, and, and that was with uh, John Papsadera's office, which is like such a, it's like one of the best casting director offices out there. Like it's, in, and it's like all of Chris Nolan's movies and like every single good movie you're like, Oh, John Papsadera. So <clears throat> hard room to get into. And she had seen Caleb Gallo and was like, Oh, I really want to bring in Stephanie for this. And then I think because of that, like shared, like, she, she had to open the door for me to like, for John and for them to be like, oh, she is funny. Who is she? You know? And so right. I got that part and John cast the flight attendant and the, um, the makers of the flight attendant, um, one of the producers, Steve Yaki was really good friends with, um, he's the writer actually, and the creator. Um, he, uh, he had seen stupid idiots and has was friends with Brian. So like there was like there, so that helped for sure. And he was like already like the fan and, and was like, Oh, I can vouch for her. And then, you know, the offer I got like an audition for the offer for this like big part, because like John had seen my work in sick girl and the flight attendant. So it does, it like, it makes a huge difference. I love that. And that's yeah. what you want. And I mean, I think that's part of why you do it in addition to having fun and, and creating. Has it, does it also kind of keep you sane instead of listen, waiting for the phone to ring for some offers and stuff that you're like, I can be proactive. Yeah, that's yes. And it makes like auditioning fun for some reason, because I, <clears throat> I, that's I, amazing. Yeah. That's a real perk. I wouldn't have thought. Why? I think because if you, I don't, okay. I think before I made my own stuff, there was a power balance where, um, 
I thought like uh, I had to do what the director or casting director like wanted or was like trying to guess it or something. And then once I felt like I was getting a handle on my own voice, then it was just like, oh, oh, let me show them what I what I would, would do with this and what I would like to do with this. And if they don't want what I'd like to do, then I don't want to do it. Like, yeah, that's so much easier. It's like, yeah, it's so much I, easier. And I, I think, think if. Well, if you walk in there and you go, if I don't get this part, I don't get to do my thing. But your thing is like, you know what? I'm going to go home and do my thing yeah, on an yeah. iPhone with my friends. So I, I, can, I can bring them my, who I don't have to try to read their mind. I can, yeah. I can bring myself to it, I guess. Something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. I hate to give actor advice, but that, that is, that's, that's actor advice. I think. So but I if, if, if somebody, you know, just arrived in town and they said, I want to do what you guys did. I want to make my own stuff. You would say, go for it. Uh, it's hard, but it can be great. Yeah. And then I'd be like, don't spend any money on it. Like yeah. people, there's a lot of people in this town that think you have to spend a bunch of money on making stuff. It's like, no, no, just use the iPhone. Just uh, use an um, old Sony camera. Uh, I mean, we use a Sony A7S Mark II. I'm sure it's a lot cheaper now. And if you just buy that one camera, you can make so many movies you can make a lot of movies and make a lot of like web series and you can just keep trying it and like put it on youtube and see if it gets like fan, i don't know a fan base and i don't know yeah i think i would just be like make like find your what you like to say like what originally made you do this yeah i love it what have you discovered oh i'm kind of good at this part i wouldn't have thought that whether it's editing or like oh lighting or whatever thing is mm. did you discover something in yourself where you're like oh I kind of dig this that's a really good question because I have had a lot of moments where I'm like oh like the thought of this previously would scare me um I mean editing yeah editing for sure like you think editing is some like you have to be like a rocket scientist to edit you really don't it's actually like do you do you work on the actual hands-on editing or do you work with an editor oh yeah oh no it's just me yeah it's you doing the dials and all of it yeah it's oh all, yeah it's all the stuff yeah especially for well i for comedy and drama i mean for if, if it's something that you're because here's the thing like when you're at this level the quality of like an editor that you're gonna hire if you want a very good editor you cannot afford that editor right so then you have to hire somebody who like you could probably know as much as that they do about right. editing. So like, just yeah. do it just yourself. And we use like, I use Final Cut Pro. I mean, I guess truth be told, I wish I would have learned on Avid because you know, that tra- like if I were to do a big studio movie and like wanted to jump in there and edit, I don't think I could like get my hands on it because I'm in Final Cut, but um but yeah, like editing is not that, it's not hard. You just like, especially with Final Cut, it makes it super easy, but people don't understand that you just like take the video, you sync it up with the sound that you recorded, you detach the sound from the video, and then you just like bleed the sound into the next clip. And it's like, it's like exactly like when you would, I guess it's like when I used to record with um, those big Panasonic recorders and you you couldn't edit, you just were like, and 
cut. You would just like stop it and then start it and then stop it and start it. I wanted to have like the audio bleeding into the video before, you know, like bleed the audio a little bit. Um, And so I guess it's like instinctual. I love it. Do you get recognized much from your viral clips? Does somebody say, oh, I, I love this or I saw you or that thing makes me laugh? In Hollywood, I do. And it is fantastic. I love it. <laughs> I'm like, wait, like, so I'm like, I mean, so it's happened to like, it's actually like dwindled recently because when Caleb Gallo got like big viral, I was like, whoa, this is awesome. We went to like uh, gay pride and I was like, I feel so good. Cause everybody was like, can I take a picture of you? And I was like, right. Awesome. You guys were rock stars from that. I like that fell in love cool. with all the whole, the whole crew. Like I just, I thought it was so smart. And I, I also thought that you guys had a very contemporary way of being funny with the editing and the rhythms of it. That's all and, for sure. And I thought that is so, that is such a talent. Um, all right. You picked a couple of questions from the offered observation deck. One of them is this describe a time when you couldn't stop laughing. Um, the time that I couldn't stop laughing would be, is actually recently, um, me and Brian from the, the movie, Brian John Alvarez and Michael Strassner and Chris Riggi all went to Alaska and, uh, it was stunning. And we were wanting to take this, um, boat tour and it was freezing. It was like in the middle of winter. Um, and we wanted to take this boat tour ferry around uh to like see an like orcas or something right blue whales we don't know which one but we ended up seeing orcas um and so it's two hours we were staying in girdwood and we had to drive to seaward so it's like the two hour drive and we're driving and brian is basically dying in the back because he's so hungry and when he gets hungry it's like it is all of a sudden like it's it's a bad thing that he needs to get food he's like i'm so so we're like, we're, it's okay. It's okay. We're going to get there. And we're already like pushing when the ferry is going to take off. Like it's, it's, we're cutting it close. We're like, maybe we'll just grab like a couple snacks right yeah. near the ferry and it'll be great. So we like got to the ferry. It's like 10 minutes before we're supposed to go. And it's a group. So like, you can't miss it. If you're late, they'll leave without you. And we're like, crap, there's like nothing in the fisherman's alley that we could see food wise. And we're like, oh my God, we have to go. Let's go to, we have to go to a grocery store or something. So we like, speed around and we look and we find like a Safeway grocery store. We run in there uh, and we get to, <laughs> Brian is just like, I'm going to get a bucket of chicken. We're like, okay, okay. So you like walk up and I, Chris is looking for healthy foods because he eats healthy. But me and Strassner and Brian are like looking at the, the buckets of chicken that this like deli right. has. And so, um, <laughs> and so Brian is like, Hey, I have to go to the bathroom, order me an eight piece bucket of chicken and an eight piece, uh, I forget, fry, fry, like, um, potato wedges. I'm like, okay, got it. And then I was like, I think I'm, and I was telling stress and I was like, I'm so hungry too. Like, I guess I'll get an eight piece bucket of chicken as well. Or somebody's like, yeah, I think I'm going to get an eight piece bucket of chicken as well. So we like order the lady. And I was like, can we get three, eight piece buckets of chicken and, um, two potato wedge uh, buckets, um, and so we're like ordering and Strassner is one of the funniest people I know in my life. And he's like, are we really about to walk on this boat with three APs buckets of chicken? And so that started us laughing. And then Brian came back and Strassner had to go to the bathroom too. And I, so I'm like holding all the buckets of chicken and Chris is like, we have to go. It's time. It's time. We have to go. And he's like freaking 
<laughs> and he texts Stressor like kind of angrily, like, where are you? And Stressor's like, I'm just, I- I'm coming. And so we come, we're running, we get to the ferry and we come on and Chris won't carry the buckets of chicken because he's so embarrassed by right. the chicken. So we're yes. like walking and we're like, wait, 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 we're coming, we're going. We're like, come in with these eight, these buckets of chicken. And they're like, you just made it. We're like, yeah, can we bring these on? And they're like, yeah, just eat it inside the cabin. And we're like, okay. So you like go in, we're inside the cabin and it's like, you are not supposed to be inside in a boat ever. Unless it's a catamaran, maybe, but you will definitely throw up and be sick. Like it. Luckily, none of us threw up. Just, just not a gator. Hope you really. You kind of overordered. I think. I, yeah. So we get there and we're like, rabbit. There's just these poor people that are listening to the tour guide. We're just taking off. Look at the bald eagle, and we're ravaging these buckets <laughs> of chicken and these potato wedges, and the whole place, the whole cabin smells like chicken and we're like ah, ah, ah. we're just like these big loud like hollywood whatever people and so we're like wow we should go and like take a look oh my god so we like get up and we go and take a look then we film this tedrick and chardelaine uh we're outside on the boat because uh to clarify brian plays a character named tedrick and i play a character named chardelaine on our instagrams uh, because Brian has like a million extremely funny characters and yeah, I've seen them. Oh my God. And so we had promised everybody that we were getting married in Alaska. So yeah. Brian, who always has the energy to film stuff, like I would not have done. I've been like, let's just enjoy. I'm lazy. And he's like, get up, get up, get up. Let's do it. So we filmed the, the wedding and it's like, we're like out there for like an hour and we like come back and, and the, like the, the guy inside is like, I'm sorry. Um, we had to move your um, buckets of chicken. They were sliding around the cabin. So, and, and the, so they had to move our buckets of chicken because they were sliding around inside this boat cabin, like, and falling to the booth. And, and then we, for the rest of the trip, we, um, we were so sick. We were like so sick that you can't even talk to each other. Like we were, it was like, don't, don't, don't. Like we were just, and we made the whole cabin so like chicken. And I don't know, that just, it just, that was like one of my fondest memories. And then at the end they were like, so we're getting off the boat now. Can we throw away your buckets of chicken? And we we're like, no, we're going to take them. We like took them. And we're like, why are we taking these buckets of chicken? And then we threw it out. Oh my God, it's so funny. That was a lot of chicken for three people. It was a lot of chicken. Yeah. I ate like one piece, I think. <laughs> but you needed to have them and you don't have them on the boat because you never knew when you're going to eat again. Exactly. Okay, here's another one that you responded to. What's the best time you ever had in the snow? Okay, um, that is a really good question, but also hard to answer because I just, in general, snow is like my favorite weather. Um, you love it. Like again, I love it. We went to Alaska in the winter. I am terrified of skiing, yet it's my favorite sport. So I always, I, like, I just recently um, went skiing with like my sister and her family for the first time, and that was like one of my favorite times I've probably ever had in the snow. My mom and dad were there, and Chris was there, and like we got to like just all be cold. We're, we were never like growing up going to ski resorts, you know. Right. Like I don't think we could afford well maybe we could afford skiers I don't think so but um it just seemed like a posh thing to do I think growing up and so it was like cool to to have that yeah and then this other I have another moment in the snow where um 
we went in Alaska again, like we found this random, like beginning of like a hike or like a forest trail. And there, there, it was like a hill that normally you would just be like hiking up the hill, but it was all completely iced over. So we were like crawling on our hands and knees to get up the ice. And then we were sliding with our bodies, like down the ice, down this random hill. And, and that was fun. Yeah. That's a good question. Um, uh, before I let you go, I have one more question for you, but tell people how they can see a spy movie or anything else that, that they Mm. would enjoy of yours. Oh yeah. Go to, um, youtube.com slash Brian Jordan Alvarez. Um, or I think if you just type a spy movie, I think that's uh, how I found it. Yeah. Is that, is it? I think it is. Cause I wouldn't have necessarily thought to go to Brian's site. Maybe I did Brian's YouTube, but I might've just typed in a spy movie. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, I would say just to go watch that and and watch it with your fam. Do you follow like, oh, how many watches have we gotten? Or how many likes did that Instagram get? Like, how important is that to you? Do you follow it? It's extremely important. We uploaded the video December 10th. And then like quickly, like after seven days, it was like 137,000. And we were so excited. And it was like, boom, 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 like growing, growing, growing. And then because the beauty of YouTube, uh, you can use hit songs and you don't make money off of the video. You just can use their songs and they play commercials, but every once in a while they'll change the copyright on the song and then you can't use it. And so they took down the video. So we had to re-upload and change some songs. Oh, how frustrating. We're at a slow 12,000, but I think it'll, you know, over time just. Well, after this interview comes out, Seven, four or five people at least will probably watch Good. it. And um, they'll share it and they'll share it. Here's my final question. What did it mean to you in your life that you made this feature film kind of DIY that you guys, that you pulled it off? Oh my God. Um, that is such a hard question to ask and such a good poignant question because it means so much to me that I didn't, like it, it felt like Like I kept telling people, if I don't, if I die before I'm done editing it, this is like the password to my computer. This is the hard drive. This is the timeline I'm working on. Like finish it, get it out. (laughs) I had a thing like that where I'm like, if I die, you're finishing this. Yeah. Right. Cause you feel oddly enough, like, I don't know why you're thinking about like, you're going to die, but it's a weird thought. Well, it's a big thing. You're pregnant with it and it takes a while. There's different stages. It's not like, oh, if I buckle down this weekend. It's a marathon, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is such a marathon. Um, yeah, just, I think it also just like, I wanted to do it for like my family in a weird way. Like, like my best friends and family, like felt like I owed them that. So it like really means a lot to me that they like, that it's out and they have it. And yeah. I love that because you know that they would get a kick out of it or they know that, you know, that they would be proud of you for making it. Uh, both, but definitely the first, like, uh, like my mom and specifically my best friend, Kellen, and then my sister, Kelly, they all like, I grew up with them just thinking I was really funny. So anytime I'm editing it, I, I think of Brian, if Brian's going to laugh first, I'm like, okay. Cause it's like on Brian's channel and it's Brian. And like, you yeah. know, I want to like get it up to his standards. He has very, very good high standards on comedy. Um, but then I'm like, if I don't, if I'm ever questioning it, I'm like, would my, those people think it's funny? And then I'll like, either I'll send them clips. And if they're like, oh, oh my God, I'm dying. Like, great. That's yeah. settled. Like they're my, my meters. 
Well, I love it. I think it's super fun. I'm not a stoner, but if I was, I'd be like, you guys, let's, <laughs> let's get high and watch Spy Movie again. It feels I wonder like if how, yeah, I wonder if it's funny stoned or extremely boring stoned. No, I think, I think it'd be delightful. It was so fun talking to you, Stephanie. I can't wait to meet you in person and stalk you. I'm going to be one of those Hollywood people. You too. People that you. Oh, please, it'll make my day. I'm going to be that guy at Gay Pride that is almost a nine, almost annoying. <laughs> I'm going to do it to you and be like, Dennis? Are you Dennis? <laughs> <laughs> oh my awesome. God. <laughs> awesome you're inspiring to me all of you guys i think you're Thank so you. good at what you do and uh it's the best all right have a good Bye. one Bye. thanks again to stephanie koenig for the fun interview and for making this stuff happen and making me laugh uh check out her movie a spy movie on youtube all right so this happened um it's been a while since i've had a podcast up because of the holidays and everything but um, I stayed in L.A. for the holidays, with the exception of a day trip up to uh, Los Olivos. And my friend Glenn and I drove up there. We saw the gate of Neverland Ranch, which was something to see. Um, it was more remote than I thought it would be. I, it was kind of off. I don't know. It just felt more rural. Um, but it was a beautiful drive in the rolling hills. And we saw, um, what's that town? Solvang? with the uh, the whole uh, Netherlands or Dutch vibe. Why can't I remember? I think it's Danish. I think it's the Danish thing. Um, Denmark, I think that's the vibe. Anyway, it was cute and fun. I loved it. Um, and here's another fun thing that happened. So if you've listened to this podcast before, I may have mentioned that I like to do a dream board at the start of every year of like just things that I want to make happen or places I want to go or whatever it is. And so a few years ago, I put on there The Last Bookstore, which is a store in downtown Los Angeles that I've never been to. But you see pictures online a lot because they have cool book sculptures and people take pictures. And I was like, I want to go to this cool bookstore. So I put it on my dream board a couple years ago. COVID hit, never made it happen, whatever. Last day of the year, I say to my friends, Glenn and Danny, I was like, I want to go to this bookstore. Do you guys want to go? And so we all go down there. Um, We have lunch afterwards. It's fun. And the store itself is like a big, it's big and it's like, it's not just like an Instagram thing. There's like a lot of different kinds of books and there's some boxes they haven't gone through yet. So it's very like, it's that kind of store. And they have fun like little artsy, little photo op places. And they, the upstores is like local artists selling their stuff. And my friend Danny brought, bought this cool painting there and, it was really cool, but my, the section that really knocked me out was they had a bunch of 45 records for sale, and they had them well-organized, and they had the paper wrappers, and I was like, wow. Because I bought a jukebox when I first bought my condo many years ago, decades ago, and it worked for a while, and then it stopped working, and I could never find anyone to fix it. Because it's, you know, it's a 1970. Seaberg, uh, I think it's called the Bandshell. That's the model, and it still lights up and it looks beautiful, but it doesn't play records. So going to that bookstore, I thought I want to see if I can make get my jukebox to work. And I explored this about ten years ago and couldn't find anyone and whatever. So I get home, I type in jukebox repair Los Angeles. This website comes up, and local guy, uh, I think it's called Pin Juke, something like that. Anyway. I fill out the little online form, send it off. I get an email right back. Turns out the guy is going to be in my neighborhood the next day. 
and he owns the exact same model as mine in his house. So we make an appointment, he comes over, he starts tinkering around, he's like, okay, we can, this is not impossible. So he gets some parts of it working, and he ends up taking a few of the components home to fix. And long story short is, I think I'm gonna get my 70s jukebox working again, and it's not gonna be outrageously expensive, because I found the guy, he's the guy. And none of this would have happened if I hadn't put that on my dream board. That's the point. Because I wouldn't have gone to that store, it wouldn't have been that important. But it's, it, it kind of like, the exercise of creating it kind of allows you to think about your life in kind of a blue sky way. I want to do that or whatever. But then when little opportunities come up, you're more likely to say yes. You're more likely to not hem and haw. And it kind of just keeps you moving forward and being excited about your life. Um, Another thing that I did last year was I put, there were three movies that got postponed because of the pandemic. No Time to Die, In the Heights, and West Side Story. I, I put pictures of them on there because I was excited to see them, and ideally in a theater. And that happened. And so when I went to see them, it wasn't just exciting and fun, it was literally a dream come true. And it just made it more special. So anyway, I love the exercise of creating these dream boards and tomorrow I'm going to my friend Tom Goss he's, he's got this cool studio space and we're going to do do it again I've already been printing out pictures scanning things I don't just go through a magazine willy nilly and cut shit out I know what I want and I google search it and there it is so maybe there's a picture of Kumail Najani on the cover of Men's Health um, <laughs> which is so on brand and so whatever but anyway it's super fun I guess the upshot is, someday I may be able to play you a record from my jukebox on the podcast. Or maybe uh, my friends Doug and John said, you'll have to have a sock hop in your living room. So I may have to have a sock hop. Um, all right, that's enough for this edition. I've got some very exciting news about the podcast coming up, but I'll share with that with you in a few weeks. It's going to be a new, it's a new thing. It's a whole new horizon. I'm very excited. All right, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye!